everybody. I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your, your twilight face. Do you remember it? Oh. Yeah, us too. It was nice, huh? <laughs> An important time. What's up, guys? Not much. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> Thursdays are long days. We usually record on Thursdays. I'm on video calls. All day. Why do they all have to happen on Thursday? I don't know why. I kind of like that Thursday is stacked because it, I'd rather like have one bad day than five medium days, even though they still all kind of feel though bad. Most of them still end up being <laughs> at least medium days. <laughs> one of my problems is that um, I can't do like really focused heavy work. On days when I have too many meetings but I'm also quite bad at doing it when I don't have any meetings because then I sit down and I'm like I just have to concentrate for two and a half hours what in a row <laughs> like how am I supposed to do that <laughs> here's my ideal day nine to ten catch up on emails and do like all the little crap that you don't feel like doing but you really have to do you know like filling out forms or whatever then you transition into some work that takes your actual brain power that involves thinking um and you do that until lunch and then lunch is 12 30 to 1 30 and then like 1 30 to 2 you know you like see what emails came in catch you catch up. up again then you have your big afternoon meeting that yep. goes to like what three four depending on how many you have and then the end of the day is just like clean up Get as much done as you can, plan right. for the next day. Yeah. I always get too distracted by emails in the morning, and so I don't get my good chunk in. Well, the problem is that even if you do get your good chunk in, it's only, like, two hours. It's only, like, two hours. And we really need, like, five hours every day <laughs> of, like, you good, know, deep work. What my ideal work day is, though? No work. No work. Fucking nothing. <laughs> We're all retired. Sounds great. Sounds great um speaking of remembering our twilight phases we do have some great listener letters today we really do do you want to read the first one um sure our first is from our listener named emily who's from germany hey emily emily how do you say hi in german just so amazed by our international listeners like obviously the internet has been international globalizing all of us for a long time but here we are and you're in germany and it's great it's amazing globalized i went to germany once it was nice i don't like sauerkraut so emily says i've just binged your podcast in less than three weeks so it's safe to say i'm obsessed that's so sweet i first started listening when my friends and i chose the masterpiece that is midnight sun for our book club and i needed to hear a few more people's thoughts my favorite part was when they're in the meadow and edward runs a couple laps around it while Belle is just sitting there, or when he can't stop complaining about her boring, ugly sweater. My <laughs> least favorite part was the darn pomegranate and how it comes up a hundred times. So thank you for bringing back some of my Twilight memories. I never thought I would spend so much time thinking about it ever again, never mind realizing Same. more things about it. And I thought I might share some of them with you. So here are some of Emily's reminiscences. Here in Germany, Twilight first got big when the movie came out. Being only eight at the time, I didn't listen much when my older sister read it aloud in the car on our family holiday. Oh my God. That was shocking to me. I immediately flashed back to the time when I insisted that my family and I read Harry Potter 4 out loud. And at first we took turns and then it was just me. And I don't understand how my family put up with me reading the rest of Harry Potter 4. It's a long book. Out loud to them. I wonder if they remember that. I don't know. It made me think it. about, like, American prudishness. Because I couldn't imagine <laughs> being, not. like, reading, like, the the flowing white skin of his whatever. Like <laughs> They don't oh. even do anything in Twilight, and I couldn't handle it. Yeah, no way. <laughs> no way. I get major secondhand embarrassment just reading on my own. 
Um, I love this. She continues, I did hear bits and pieces, though, without putting them together. One of them being the name Charlie. I had never met a human named Charlie, (laughs) only cats. So I imagined a ginger cat every time I heard his name until I asked my sister about it one day. I feel like that should be the episode title. A cat named Charlie. (laughs) Twilight introduced me to some new names. Carlisle. You know, I thought it was yes, Carlisle for years. Yep. Renesmee. So, yeah, that was later. That was also a made up name. It's fake. It's oh fake wait, there's name. so many more good parts to read of this email. Okay. First of all, she compares it to um Warriors by Aaron I Hunter. Love- which she specifies the one about the talking fighting cats yeah we know what you mean we know oh my god i read that series for an obscenely long time (laughs) good stuff it's so good (laughs) and then i want to jump down to in german the book titles are kind of silly twilight is called okay are you ready for this b-i-s in parentheses another s excuse my german which Mm, I don't know. Zoom Morgan Ground. So Bees with one S means until, and Bees with two S's means bite. And then the rest of it means until, it means dawn. And so they named the book Bite at Dawn slash also until dawn. Like they literally put the little. They literally put it in parentheses. That's fascinating. You could just, like, leave the S and just, like, I don't know, make it. Like, you, maybe you'll get there anyways. Yeah, exactly. Like, do until dawn, and then, like, we all know. We all know parentheses and titles don't sell. Okay, and then also <laughs> the rest of the books are called Bite at Noon, Bite at Sunset, and Bite at the End of the Night. <laughs> nice. I like Bite at the End of the Night. <laughs> like, Somebody wants they to were know so what clever. we think of this approach. Um, I feel like they backed themselves into a corner. By I now. know, they really did. <laughs> they, like, came out punching with the first one. They were like, yo, this is so this good. Look at our parenthetical pun. I really do hate it when you come up with a fun title for a book, and then you do the second book, and you're like, oh, like, this would be, like, a fun title that kind of goes with that one, and then you realize for the <sighs> third book, you've locked yourself you're in, <laughs> yeah. and you need to find something that is, like, in the pattern that you've now created. It's a real thing. We spend a lot of time thinking about it. Like, even coming up with the first one, sometimes it's like, well, I like this idea, but I think we would get trapped, and everyone's like, yeah, I... you would get trapped. It's a good title, but don't do it. The next one is He Bites Her, She Dies from our good friend Priya. Priya. <laughs> hey, Priya. This was, again, a delight. Priya writes, for the record, I'm almost 27 and I say Insta. Guess that means I'm old, yeah. too. Priya, I'm also almost 27. Yep. Uh, listeners, I'll be 27 well, March 7th. So. so We need a Gen Zer. So well, I'm just These are teenage listeners. I mostly brought that up to be like, it's almost my birthday. I'm calling (laughs) out our teenage listeners. Teen listeners, uh, write in. We know you're out there. Yeah. What do you call the app? Instagram Instagram from Facebook. Also, what do you think about side parts? Too bad. I don't care. (laughs) I, I like don't understand the anger around gen z not really liking side parts because like we made fun of stuff too oh my god melissa's face yeah but our stuff is cool so (laughs) get the fuck out here's the thing where else would i part my hair i look dumb with a middle part exactly everyone looks dumb unless you're some kind of beautiful mermaid some people look great with a middle part okay yeah but that percentage of people is very very slim Okay, but look, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So if you're Gen Z, you're probably like, look, everybody looks better with a middle part. It just is what <laughs> okay, it is. Okay, well, their eyes are lying And that's to how they feel. And I think feel... that's a problem we should address. Okay, it, why would that be a problem we should address? Like, why would that matter? Gen Z, live your beautiful lives and criticize me until you die. No! Yeah, enjoy <laughs> your middle part. <laughs> well, they're not going to criticize us until they're they die. Save Eventually... The they will have a generation under them. It's also true. And they'll criticize that generation. True. And listen, I will still be rocking my middle 
not my middle part, <laughs> my side part. <laughs> Never middle part in my Apparently, hair. you have no part. Oh, yeah, right now I have no, well, my hair is back in a ponytail. Well, Melissa, you like their jeans. You don't, you're not that into skinny jeans. You like wide-legged no, jeans. No, that's true. I haven't worn you skinny jeans like in, like, a jeans. decade. But that's mostly because I'm really uncomfortable. I well, really yeah, I was going to say a very small portion of people look good in skinny jeans, but we still went down that road. Ugh. Also, can't, low rise? That was never a good idea. That, that's, was, that was not a good idea. That they can mock us for low rise jeans, for sure. I will take that. I feel like we brought back the high waist. Exactly, we did. We brought back 90s grunge. Hello, that's what's cool right now. So get <laughs> the fuck out of my face. Um, I'm going to read this. So pretty <laughs> To answer one of your questions from last time, Priya, thank you for writing in and answering the question because almost no, like people write in, but almost no one answers it's the question. It's a joke, but it's actually <laughs> quite fun to have people answer the question. Yeah, I like it when people do answer the question. I think that if Emmett decided to pursue acting in high school, he would be perfectly cast as Nick Bottom in A Midsummer Night's Dream. I think he would be legendary. <laughs> Correct. That would be amazing. <laughs> Oh, no, now, I really want to see Emma in a play. <gasps> Priya breaks it down, y'all. Priya says, It drove me absolutely crazy reading that Bella doesn't like Emma because she's so full of herself. Stephanie, why? Eye rolls for days. Ugh, made me so Thank mad. Thank you, Priya! Melissa, Thank you're going to love you. all of this. Yeah! <laughs> the fact that Bella likes Gone with the Wind makes me angry, too, because let's not romanticize slavery in the South. But I digress. Emma is a happy, popular, confident, single woman in a time when women weren't supposed slash allowed to be. And that's revolutionary. revolutionary. You'd think that Bella would admire that. Yes, Emma's also rich and extremely privileged, which helps. <laughs> but in Smyers' book, good women are only allowed to be quiet, unhappy, self-conscious martyrs who don't take up any space like Bella. I would argue that in her book, good human women are only allowed to be quiet, unhappy, self-conscious martyrs. Um, because right. Alice okay. is good and confident, but, like, for the most part, yes. I was gonna say, Alice is the only exception to that. So, I, I don't that... even know if it's a human thing, because Esme is like that. I don't know how much I think Esme fits. That, remember we had that whole episode about how Alice is the one who doesn't want kids, or doesn't want the maternal life, and therefore is coded more male, she has short hair, right. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. All that's true. And like y'all pointed out, of course Emma is flawed, but her being overly confident and classist in her matchmaking attempts, then owning her mistakes and growing as a person is the point of the book. Stephanie, so everything I wanted to it. say last week, but was not nearly as eloquent in getting across. Pri Priya is like such a good writer. Yeah. <laughs> like even these emails, like, you know, it's not like it's like flowery pro. It's not a narrative, but like they're just really well-written emails. Yeah, I... I second all of this. <laughs> Even Jane Austen herself was like, yeah, no one else is going to love Emma except me because she just knew that people would have a problem with Emma yeah! not fitting into the typical heron mold mm -hmm. of the period, even in the 21st century. Wow. I also like this little tidbit. I also loved Bella's memory about her and Renee singing along to Phantom of the Opera. It's my Twilight obsession walked so that my Phantom obsession could run. You know what I mean? <laughs> love it um and then finally there's some great stuff about a discovery of witches Ooh. um which is that as she read she realized how special the romance element in twilight is because it's really hard to pull it off mm -hmm. convincingly but somehow stephanie did it like yes twilight is mm -hmm. not terribly original and it's overwritten and poorly edited but can anyone else write emotion and yearning and angst and sexual tension the way smire can not not really can i've read the first book a million times but every time i find myself responding to it emotionally despite mm -hmm. the best efforts of my rational mm -hmm. mind and then she breaks down like the similarities and differences between Matthew and Diana and Edward and Bella. Oh, love. Yeah, it's so good. You you have to read the whole thing. Okay, you know. Anyway, okay, I really so, feel like me and Priya connect a lot on a lot of things. Um, yeah, so. the last point that I'll say from Priya is that she 
as she like breaks down those like similarities and differences at one point Priya says um that Smyre writes Twilight with like a real emotional vibrancy and I thought that that was just like like perfectly encapsulates it you know the emotions I don't think she writes the night sun with an emotional vibrancy but it's not a word that I would apply to this book (laughs) but emotional Twilight yeah Emotional thoroughness? <laughs> Emotional co- convolutedness? Then <laughs> Priya ends with a fun anecdote that I'm not going to read because we're out of time, but the punchline of the anecdote is he bites her, she dies, and that was also the subject line. Thank you for bringing it full circle, Priya. <laughs> Listeners, sorry that you're never going to know. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> All right. Get it, vampires! <laughs> <laughs> We are reading two chapters this episode because we gotta make it through this motherfucking book. I think we can pass the the halfway point with this. Ooh, exciting! I didn't read them. That's okay. Fine, you read them in August. Yeah, I did. Um, whose turn is it? Not mine. (laughs) That means it's Olivia. Okay. Chapter four. (laughs) (laughs) Teen. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> strong. <laughs> so far you got a 10 from me <laughs> for the comedy um it's called closer this one was actually shorter thank god um they bella and edward do more talking um we get to hear about bella's first dates which we definitely don't Love. know about already, which is very strange to me. Um, yeah, I think about my first dates all the time. So, like, Bella not <laughs> thinking about hers constantly is so weird. Bella doesn't have a past in Twilight. Yeah, so she true. just appears in Force. Just it's appears, so true. Yeah. She has much more of a past here. Um, and then um, Alice has a distressing vision, which Edward thinks is a memory, but Alice thinks is a vision. Um, it's all very mysterious. And uh rose is mad at bella some more i think that we can skip to chapter 15 (laughs) (laughs) um which is kind of interesting because okay so alice and edward get more into this new vision situation that alice has and we first hear about the knot and we (sighs) discover that all of bella and edward's future threads are leading to the meadow and either she makes it out of the meadow or she doesn't. Alice very nicely shows Edward one vision that he is happy with in their future where Bella might grow older to be like 22 and still be human. (laughs) But other than that, she's either dead or she's a vampire. So Edward is obviously very distraught by this. Um, He's angsting over all of this. They go hunting. Um, and then the next night when he sits in her room, the d- night before they go to the meadow, uh, we get two new flashbacks, which are like new Midnight Sun content. So we get to the Christmas flashback, which we referenced, I think, last week. And also the first other vampires that Edward ever met. Siobhan and Maggie. And that's it. That's the whole thing. I give you like a seven. I give you a seven. Solid. I'll take it. Did I miss anything? I yeah yes. I what think I miss? you missed the most important thing, which is <laughs> that we found out Bella considers a career in publishing. Oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very important new information. <laughs> Maybe the most important information in the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> it's not super major, but there's also that Alice finally gets to speak to Bella. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I did. I missed that. I missed that. Nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was very confused by this whole conversation between them about Bella's first dates because I remember that like a very little part of this is in Twilight. I, I meant to grab Twilight, Twilight and compare it, but the well, the one thing that I thought was in Twilight was that Edward says, "So you never met anyone you wanted," and she says, "Not in Phoenix." Isn't that in Twilight? I I don't remember if "Not in Phoenix" is in Twilight or not, but there's definitely that part where Edward's like. So you haven't been with anybody. And she's like, nope. He's like, no dates. And she's like, no. 
Yeah, but then here yeah. she tells us about her non-dates that well, she that's had the thing, is going that they, to see the second Mighty Ducks. <laughs> they do very relatably define what a date is. Yes. Um, which I love. I found this very relatable. Like, okay, like, was this a date date? Like, was I asked out in advance and then we went somewhere? Or was this like a <laughs> hangout where I think it was a date, but maybe it wasn't? LOL, I still experience those to this day as a nearly 30 year old so i accidentally went on one of your dates and <laughs> yeah. turned it into one of those That's a great story yep. yep uh so i loved this whole conversation like like okay was this a date was it not a date and edward like kind of is getting to judge it i was like oh i'm so here for this i really enjoyed it because edward was like well you know use the lowest bar like i want to yeah. know everything and she told him, and he's like, that's not a date. And she's like, okay, well. She's like, okay, well, I went on a group date to the movies, and then afterwards someone was like, thought that we were on a date. <laughs> he's like, no, that doesn't count. She's like, okay, well, you told me you was the lowest bar. Yeah, um, Edward's annoying, isn't he, Bella? I really enjoy, like, learning about Bella's past. Yeah. There's one part where she's like, well, yeah, you know, I didn't really have time to date because I usually had a part-time job. And the only job that we know of her having before working at Mike's parents' store is, like, she was at a plant nursery the summer before. I'm like, what were your other jobs? I didn't know that. It was in Midnight Sun. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and also she says that running a house is time-consuming. She is kept like, the books. That's, that's, a, job. that's a lot. She has been an adult. Yeah. But I really want to know, like, what do, what do we think? Where do we think Bella worked? I don't really see her at, like, no a fast idea. food restaurant. Because she has no past. Like, I literally don't know what she likes. We know that she, like, ends up in retail. So I could True. see her, like, folding clothes at kind of, like, a grandmotherly like, store at the mall. Oh, I was going to say, like, at Aeropostale, but, like, sad about it. <laughs> i don't feel like they would hire her no. maybe not <laughs> not not hot enough um as someone who interviewed for a job at abercrombie and fitch and did not get hired i'm gonna <laughs> say that bella would not have been hired either i bet she worked at um what's that place that's really smelly and they sell lotion hollister no she definitely no no not hollister they oh, sell, oh, like, oh um uh bath and body works bath and body works, bath and body works. worked at bath yes. and body works oh yeah like 100 percent. lummed it around yeah yeah and she had one like vanilla lotion scent that she actually really did like i love that for her i yes. had one vanilla it was um no vanilla no noel bean it was, for it was a, a whole year anyway all of renee's presents were bath and body works <laughs> yeah melissa doesn't that lotion make you yeah. break out in a rash yep do you still <laughs> use it no not anymore did you like insist on using it as a yeah. tween that was, anyways you know a quirky tween team thing where i was like i don't care if i break out in hives i'm gonna smell like a goddess <laughs> It's probably oh, like fantastic. sickly sweet. Anyway, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm allergic to some perfume. <laughs> anyway, I don't I don't wear Bath and Body Works anymore, but I did. Anyway, um, so there's one part that at first I was like, "That's so sweet." Where Edward is like, you know, like she deserves to be in the sunshine. Like, why can't I just move someplace really sunny so she can be happy and I'll be inside all day? And then he's like. But it would be so hard to be inside all day. And I was like, wait, but like school is so much better? Right. I'm like, no. School is he said that hell. would like kind of be all right. Yeah, he 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 says it would mean many slow days indoors, but that was a negligible price. It was barely worth noting. Right. But I still thought like price. We still as mentioned. if you're giving anything up. Right. <laughs> like, you hate school. I think it's kind of nice that he has the impulse to be like, what are her future plans so that I can figure out if I could make that happen. Right. Like, fit I thought that it's Melissa a... might appreciate that in particular. It's like a slightly patronizing tone and then he's like, can I oh, make yeah. this happen for her? <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate that he like wants to know what she actually wants. 
Um, and then her dream is that she once thought of working for a publisher, but it's not practical enough. And no, I was it like, ain't. Wow. <laughs> I didn't like, know that as a teen. Listeners, I literally have my dream job, and sometimes I'm like, I can't believe this was my fucking dream. I didn't think about all the emails. Okay, but literally in Ohio, I wanted to work in publishing, and then I was like, I can't move to New York and try to get a job in publishing. So my major was teaching. And then she said, "We're a teaching major." That's what her practice. I was a teaching major my freshman year of college. Oh, I know. Just I was like going to be an English teacher. Just like and then I was like, oh, I also really don't want to be a teacher, though. <laughs> and then I was just like, whatever, I'll make English work. And then I and somehow did. But like, You would be exactly like my sophomore year English teacher who would put sarcastic stickers on our <laughs> papers. Like, if you misused a word, she'd like circle it and then write, good job, like with the sticker. <laughs> I know, that's so and you would actually know that you did a bad job. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah, I think the world's very happy I'm not a teacher. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of him saying um, her dreams all had clipped wings, not like those of the usual teenager off to conquer the world. Obviously a product I... of facing realities long before she should have had to. I didn't like that. I, I felt kind of I felt kind of like he's always telling us that Bella is so different, but there are a lot of teenagers whose dreams have clipped wings. That's what I was thinking. I wouldn't too, even that consider it didn't seem them so being clipped. Just like I don't know, maybe we have smaller wings that can not go as far. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where you're taking that but I think she does have clipped wings because she wanted one thing and then decided that it wasn't practical enough so she settled on another yeah which I think probably the majority of kids have to do like it would be one thing if she was like yeah my dream is to be a teacher and that's what I want to do then her wings wouldn't be clipped and like you okay, know being a teacher I is just that, as like... grand and important me being like, I want to be a fucking pop star. I feel like then actually trying for something else more attainable is not having clipped wings. It's just understanding that like, I don't know, I'll figure out how I get there along the way. I would, I would understand that. But the thing is, is that like Bella's dream, like it is much easier to become an editor than it is to become a pop star. Right. Even though editorial is very competitive, like, it's just not the same realm whatsoever. Right. So she had, like, relatively reasonable dreams, which under different, like, familial circumstances she could totally get to. But, like, her economic reality is that she will need to but, go to a local college and maybe become a college teacher instead. That's, that's literally what I did. And then I decided not to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so, like, you... Like started saying, so, to like, clip your dream my and then initially it. were clipped. Like I don't think I was like I don't mm-hmm. know. Being so you're like, you're agreeing with I us. That she's normal. Oh yeah, I'm saying Edwards. Like oh, her dreams are clipped. I'm like no, they're just she's 17 years old and also totally doesn't understand how to go about getting her dream. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I feel. I do kind of understand where Edward is coming from because, like, you know, he's in love with Bella and he wants her to have as many opportunities as possible. That's true. And there isn't anything wrong with, like, going to a small local college. But, you know, he's like, well, I want her to pick from all the schools. And if she picks a small local college, that's great. But I want her to to have all the choices. Um, Yeah. So he is grappling with uh, how they're going to go to the meadow and she's going to see him in all his sparkly reality and how upset he is about that and doesn't know how she's going to react. He acts like it's so disgusting, but it's like, it's just sparkles. (laughs) Well, 
the first time that he saw himself in the brilliant morning light was when he realized that he had no relationship at all to his former self and that he was not human. So he's trying to, up, trying to up the stakes here. Yeah, but it doesn't really work. So he and Alice go hunting to prepare for well, because, what is to come. Right. So Alice has this, what Edward thinks is an old vision. I, I feel like I did infer here that it was Bella dead. Like he does that thing where he doesn't tell you exactly what she has seen. I think I also made that inference. I wrote, I am so confused in all caps, so I didn't get it. (laughs) That's fair, for sure. And it does, like, loop into this whole confusing thing about how, like, oh, this is why Alice is going to get to meet Bella today, and this is why we have to do this whole car-switching situation, because she was going to see this vision. It's a little confusing. But whatever. Alice gets to meet Bella... Yeah, Alice is like, Edward, we have to talk about this vision, so I'm pulling you out of school. So she comes over and she's like, hi. And Bella's like, hi, nice to meet you. It feels a lot more built up here than in Twilight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been because half a book. <laughs> in here, it's like, Bella starts to lift her fork to her mouth. I'm caught up in one of Alice's visions that it, it's so terrible and grotesque and I'm so disgusted by myself and I'm feeling all these feelings. Not even half a second had passed. Bella was still chewing. Like, <laughs> in Twilight, that's nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. Um, but, okay, so they go hunting so that they can discuss this. And we'll yes. get more into the knot in the next chapter because that's kind of where it's more interesting. But... I just wanted to note that they go hunting, like, in, like, a national or a state park, but they just call it the park, and so I was envisioning them, like, hanging from the monkey bars and, like, like <laughs> trying to spy for things to eat, like, killing a deer on the playground. <laughs> I felt like I was actually very interested in seeing Alice's further visions, um... And one thing that we get is the possibility of Edward leaving and Bella being really, really unhappy. And this was when I realized the first time through, like, Alice sees New Moon coming. Or at least she knows it's a possibility, and she knows perfectly well what will happen if they, like, if Edward tries to break up with her. And that's so sad. I thought about that, too, and I was like, wow, the aspect of New Moon where Edward is away from his family makes so much more sense now, because he would have to, like, you know, Alice would be having these visions, and he would have to watch Bella suffer. Right. That's why he's got to be away from his family. I wrote down, this is why he's not with Alice in New Moon. I also wrote that down, not in those words, but I was like, oh, this is why he's apart. Wow. what page is it? Three oh eight. Three oh seven, three oh eight. Uh no wonder he can't be around Alice in NM. I wrote I wrote interesting. I wrote this is why he's not with Alice in NM. <laughs> wow. We both ran up against the really skinny margins in this book. Um okay, I wanted to talk about how Okay, first of all, I like this. It makes this whole situation a lot more interesting in Midnight yes. Sun. Agreed. Knowing that there are all of these possibilities, somehow they all, like, there's no way for Edward to avoid going to the meadow and making this one decision. And also, this is not how Alice's visions work any other time. Other time. Like, okay. she's very clearly seeing multiple possible futures at once, which is interesting narratively mm-hmm. and very cool but she does this thing where she tells edward what the chances are that it's going to go okay like that he's not going to murder bella and it seems to be like oh she can kind of like get a sense of how many threads she's dying in and how many turn out okay right. this is not how it goes like normally she has to like literally flip through every choice so that she can see what happens next 
As in literally make the decision. Right. And then get the vision and then be like, okay, so if I choose that, that's what happens. Okay, new decision time. Like when they were driving to Bella's house to get her truck key so that they could bring her truck back to school. And Alice, like, decides to look under a rock for the key and sees that she doesn't find it. And then she decides to check over the door, Eve, and sees that she doesn't find it. And then... Like, no decisions are really being made in this besides Edward being like, well, this is all wrong. So I'm like, I don't know how you're getting any viable information, Alice. Right. <laughs> it's really confusing. It's very confusing. But it is narratively compelling. Exactly. Oh, it's so compelling. <laughs> it's like, did you guys watch Knives Out? Yes. Um, yes, I love Knives Out. Movie. Listeners, you have to see it. It's amazing. This isn't a spoiler. Um, even though it's hard to talk about this movie without spoilers. But there's a part where um, one of the characters is explaining why he's here. And he's like, look, I mean, the reason doesn't... Okay, it's like uh, the tiniest spoiler. A bunch of money shows up at his house and like a clipping about this mystery. And he's like, look, it makes no sense why somebody would leave me this money and this clipping compels me though <laughs> he's like but i'm interested like they got my attention. exactly <laughs> it's so fucking funny and like that's how i feel about the knot makes no sense right we know well. exactly what's going to happen like we know that this is going to be fine well there's that <laughs> there's that and it's just like you know but even though we know it's going to be fine and like they keep they're always like oh my god i might kill her i'm like oh my god right. really and, Even like, <laughs> really all this is, is, like, well, Edward might kill her at the meadow. It's like, yeah, we... Right. and we know we that he doesn't. That. But, like, this increases the stakes in a really weird way. Even though it's, like, fatalistic, it's like, well, they have to go yeah. to a meadow, so... That's but I love out. the fatalisticness. Like, there's no path forward that avoids the meadow. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, it's like if they don't go to the meadow, the same exact thing will happen somewhere else. It's like Final Destination. Right, exactly. like he he could delay it five years. And if oh, he, I love and it. If he had not come back, he might have waited a little longer and then come back and killed her. But he's already past that point of decision making. And so he's already fallen in love with her. And since he's fallen in love with her, no matter how long he delays it for or tries to leave and come back, they're going to end up at the meadow and he kills her or he doesn't. I'm having a tiny bit of a brain blast, which is that I think one of the reasons Stephanie Meyer is so good at writing emotion is that you can really feel, like, the hand of fate in her stories. Mm. And, like, the influence of fate, like, is so beyond human control that it makes it feel a lot more dramatic. I love a star-crossed lover. There is so star-crossed. I think an irony is that she describes fate in this book very ineffectively she has that yeah. whole metaphor about how fate is like an ugly jealous an hag, ugly hag. Yeah. <laughs> who is like out to get bella and like, it does not work whatsoever oh like one of the fates from hercules yeah that's a stephanie meyer fate <laughs> um i want her to write about the muses, the muses. but like, like maybe them. it wouldn't work like it she's good would. at my point is that she's good about writing about fate when she isn't like it, when she's not thinking about it yeah exactly it's just um, how she writes the world <laughs> so i but yeah so anyway i was really into this yeah i was really into this there's this one future where bella's a little bit older and she's human and they're all like hanging out at her house um and Edward, like, realizes that Bella's a little older because, like, sh- it seems like she's grown an inch or two. I was like, at 17? Oh, my God. I thought of that, too. I was like, nobody grows. Nobody grows. No <laughs> women grow after they're 17. Yeah. I was like, Bella's done. I, I wish for that. I was 12. Same. Yeah. I finished growing at 12, and I <laughs> wished with all my heart that I would be a late bloomer. And guess what? I was an early bloomer, and I didn't bloom that much. Like, women look different <laughs> when they're 22, but they do not get taller. I, yeah. I think I have more distinct uh, cheekbones. Yes, 22. often your face will thin. I think that happens exactly. to a lot of people. I think I'm sexier now. Yeah, obviously. Never. Than when you were a child, yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, then we get this weird thing where Edward's like, okay, so every future leads to the meadow, and she only lives in one, but, like, I, I refuse to accept this. Like, what if I could kill myself and take myself out of the equation? Um, and it's really strange because he's like, oh, no one in my family would help me. I'd probably have to go to Volterra. And that kind of sets up the whole new moon situation. Yes. But again, I'm left wondering, what about those, like, dangerous oh, yeah. southern clans Good point. full of, like, half-rabid newborn vampires? Good point. He also points out that were there any werewolves, he could just walk down to La Push. Well, he could violate the treaty and walk down to La Push. And (laughs) it does, I mean, I guess the whole point in New Moon is that they have no idea what's going on. But, like, did we ever work out, like, when Sam becomes a vampire? I mean, a vampire, a werewolf and. I mean, they we, must I be think gone we already. Established that it happens sense. around now. I could they not check know that. The I guy. think, I think that Sam is. And they not know that. I think Sam starts turning into a werewolf around now. Right, because it's like a whole year before. Right. I think it's a slow process for sure. Um, well, I think it's a fast process. Well, but I mean, like, I don't know, just. Like, the Colons have to kind of be around, and then Sam oh, starts I to go. I see what yeah. you mean. It's not and like he walks by them once, and the next day he's like, he's I'm a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, I'm just curious, because this was very, like, oh, he has to not know that the werewolves are werewolves for New Moon to make sense. Exactly. What do you think would happen if a vampire bit a werewolf? <gasps> Is the werewolf a wolf or a human? And doesn't matter. Um, they're in their human form, but I don't know if it matters. I think it well, would they do heal super a, fast. A oh, true. Maybe it would just burn up the venom. Right. Maybe they're immune. Maybe they if like a them. vampire clamped onto them for like a decent amount of time, got enough venom in there, right? Bit them in enough places, right? Or had enough vampires bite one werewolf in. At the same time. Do you think that a vampire body is too incapable of change to be able to phase? Because I was going to say maybe they're just both. Like they are a vampire that can transform into a wolf. I mean, we already have freaking Renesmee. So why can't we have a vampire werewolf? I feel like, like, at the end of the day, it's magic. So it'd probably be fine. (laughs) Yeah. I bet Stephanie would say that the werewolf magic would just burn up. Yeah. Not possible. Slash, she's very obsessed with the vampires being unchanging biologically. And so I think she would say there was some kind of like they can't transform once they're a vampire. Maybe Renesme can not have werewolf. No, but like she is half human. Okay, so all right, so Sam was born in 1986. Um, Jacob was born in 1990, so Bella's like a year or two older than Bella, so Sam is actually only two years older than Bella. Um, So, when he was a senior in high school, Sam became the first of his generation to phase into a werewolf. And she's a sophomore here. So it is during this year. Wait, she's not not a junior here? She's a junior. Oh, you're right. I think she's a junior. You're right, you're right. Um, So, you know, Sam, he could be one year ahead of her in school or two years. Right. So, like, they don't know that there are actively werewolves running around. You think they would smell them? Mm-hmm. I know, they make it so dramatic. Yeah. Well, I think they would... If Sam were, like, running around in the forest all the time, then I'm sure they'd, like, cross paths and, and smell him. But if mostly he, like, just stays on the reservation and they don't go there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. 
What what else happens? Let's so yeah, they go hunting. They finish up. There's this interesting moment where Edward goes home to kind of like prepare for his date. Um, he takes a shower. He takes a fucking shower. I remember thinking, I wrote this down, that I bet hot showers feel amazing to vampires. Wow, that's true. That I, so why nice. would I never picture them showering? Like, I don't because they're vampires. They because just, like, never they get no, dirty. Right. They only have to shower if they get, like, literally dirt. Like, literal dirt on them, I guess. Dirt. Um, but I, like, that's could funny. not handle the, the idea of Edward shower. Like, how? Because this... For Bella, it's her human minute. Showering is her human minute. So I'm like, excuse me, bitch? So then he says, he's very, like, he's he's very torn down by this whole situation. And he says, as before in the car, I felt damaged, impaired, as if my strength had been drained away. All in my head, of course. It would be nothing but a miracle, a gift, if I could somehow truly lose my strength. If I could be weak, harmless, a danger to no one. And I was thinking how he's... He's just a little soft boy, you know? Edward just wants to be... Wee boy. He just wants to be nice and weak and harmless. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He's not a bad boy. He always tries to say he's a bad boy. He's not a bad boy. He's not. I mean, he is a murderer. He Um, is a murderer, which we finally hear about. He contains multitudes. Then he puts on like a sleeveless button-up t-shirt oh my God. <laughs> then we get an entire page about why he owns the sleeveless button-down. <laughs> a full page yeah like, <laughs> the content that i need <laughs> and like it's a great story but he could have just said when alice bought me this i figured i would never wear it because it doesn't make any sense but now it's perfect for this occasion. Her uncanny premonitions reach so far, stretch their tentacles so deep into the future that even she didn't understand all the actions she took. Damn, that was like sentences. three senses. <laughs> it's a whole page. It's a lot. So he goes over to Bella's to listen and like wait for her to sleep. I just want to also point out that this is the moment where Edward thinks maybe Alice is omniscient. <laughs> yeah. Is this shirt. Because Alice knew that I was going to wear this shirt one day. <laughs> so Nothing while else at this, this point. Sleeveless, white, collared, buttoned down men's shirt. <laughs> I, I imagine where I the sleeves would be that it's like frayed as if it's torn <laughs> off. <laughs> that makes more sense to me than a sleeveless collared button down menstruator. It's and like when you're reading a manga and they're, um, they wear like hooded sweatshirts that are short sleeved. <laughs> I used to want one so bad. Oh, yeah. Like where would you wear it? When? I don't know. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> he's at my favorite part. In the this whole is the book, cold anyway. medicine night, right? He's like t- mentions how like strangely peaceful she is sleep. This is the cold medicine. Oh night, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> with her hair like splayed out. Um, so she's asleep. Edward decides that this is his moment to reflect on Christmas. I feel like we've <laughs> kind it. of already talked about this scene, but yeah, I do. place in. Uh, New Brunswick, for those of us who noted my incorrect. Who <laughs> were like, doesn't think place in Chicago? It's like a very old timey Christmas tree where Carlisle melted candles onto the branches, so and cute. I was like, that's so that's dangerous. And then they're gonna make a popcorn wreath. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean garland. I felt uh, like this anecdote mostly made me remark on how truly inexplicable Bella is as a newborn. Because even Edward spent an entire year unable to control himself, and then Carlisle let him walk through town. After, like, truly so much practice and, like... Like a literal year. Yeah. Yeah. And Bella's like, yeah, bring my dad over. He wants to see the baby. <laughs> <He'll be fine. laughs> Ew, blood. She's like, I wouldn't hurt my own dad. <laughs> And they're like, all right, well, fuck the rest of us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait till we're Then Edward's like, on. I felt like a child. And I was like, why does Christmas, why can't you just have Christmas? I want you to have Christmas. 
It's nice. And and then there's another flashback, which I felt like two in a row. I don't like know. That. Would you have put two in a row? Or... No. I mean, it's back to back. It back to back lot. flashback. And like technically, it's connected. Like it's literally just the next day. It's a continuing story, but it feels like unrelated Ooh. flashbacks. What I would tell Stephanie Meyer is that the more you use any narrative device, kind of the less powerful it becomes. So you want to be sparing with your choices. Use them frequently. I I want them too, but I don't know that I'd go with the two back to back. I wouldn't go back to back. Back to back flashback flashback. Even though like there's no good lead in to this flashback, like for either half of it. So, like, maybe if you split them up, you would just end up with, like, two separate times where he inexplicably jumps into flashback. But I think you know, I would prefer it. What I actually think I would do is tell Stephanie Meyer to just, like, condense them a little. Maybe. The Christmas story is a little long. Yeah, just, like, like the get Christmas story out of it a little faster. The Christmas story feels okay, but then you think that it's going to be over because it was a long-winded Christmas anecdote and then it's a completely other more interesting anecdote (laughs) you're right you can just schmoop up the the christmas schmoop up just trim it a little that's what i that's what i write in my editorial (laughs) (laughs) i just ran across this line in the christmas one where edward is saying like it's so strange that carlisle cares about christmas and decorations was i more of a true vampire than he was <laughs> Edward, oh, this man has been a vampire for 400 something fucking years. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're not. Let him have a Christmas. I'm like, wow, Edward, making me roll my eyes in your flashback. Why, why would vampires not want to have Christmas? I feel like I would go. You have unlimited so money hard. and shit to do in your life. I, I would do like would gigantic so Christmas. What hard. else would you do with your time? I would become Santa Claus. You would start your Christmas call. I yeah. would become Santa Claus. It's very generous of you. That's nice. I have unlimited funds. I don't sleep. It's That's perfect. true. Nothing stops Edward I'm from going into people's homes. I'm as fast the speed of sound. <laughs> That's true. You can actually be Santa. I'd be Santa. <laughs> <laughs> and I can have deer. You can have what? Vampire deer. Oh, vampire deer for your sleigh. I get yeah. it. I don't need them, but I would still have them. But you might want them. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do about the elves? She doesn't need them. I mean, I don't need them. I can make all my toys super fast. Yeah, it doesn't sleep. I can do everything (laughs) super fast. Super fast. (laughs) As you're running around the world one day, would you be like, but where is my Mrs. Claus? And that's when you decide (laughs) to, like, turn another person into a vampire. Yeah! Yeah, wow, this is, oh, this is great. Brain yeah, blast. so suck it, Edward. You can have Christmas, even <laughs> yeah. though you're a vampire. You have the, they have a perfect opportunity to be Santa Claus, and they don't do it. So no, you know what, fuck them. They don't do it. And it just seems like you'd want to break up the year. Exactly, that's what I mean, like, like just, anything. Anything. I mean, as somebody in quarantine during a year that has barely passed. I loved Christmas. I guess it has kind of gone both ways. Some things have been like, oh, it's Halloween. (laughs) But if it was eternity, you'd need to hold on to something. Maybe if it were eternity, like, a Christmas every year would feel like Christmas every fucking day. Right, every too fast, coming on too hot. You need Christmas every, like, 20 years when you're dealing (laughs) with with these time what spans. Were, what if they were a Santa Claus only once every 20 years? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and like, if you're born right after Santa comes, you're like, man, I'm never gonna get oh, Santa. <laughs> I'm gonna be grown up. <laughs> I like that idea. Okay, we gotta keep moving. Okay. Yeah, so then he, um, he reminisces further about the first time that he meets vampires who aren't Carlisle. Um, he notes that he knows that vampires are, quote, not that rare. Not how I thought of about yeah. vampires. I also underlined that. Like, <laughs> like says who? This one. By, by who? Then where are all these other where fucking vampires? I don't know. 
Their names are Siobhan and Maggie. Siobhan is very large and aggressively female, and Maggie is a tiny little Intensely girl. female. <laughs> Is this the wording? Just FYI. I would like to I would like to read the description of Siobhan. <laughs> At first, only one vampire emerged from the snow-dusted trees. She was the largest woman I had ever seen, taller than either Carlisle or me, with broader shoulders and thicker limbs. However, there was nothing masculine about her. She was profoundly female in shape, aggressively, forcefully female. <laughs> What the fuck? What does that mean? And, and like, a paragraph later, we get some, like, actual physical descriptors. But there is, like, a long part that's just, like, so female. Very Well, yeah, he says that her face, which, comma, like her body, comma, was intensely female. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I just felt like, God forbid, this woman have any masculine traits. Well, she's tall. But we have to specify that even though she was large and tall, she was not. Even though she's thick, she. Yeah, however, there was nothing masculine about her. I got very Madame Maxine vibes from her. I also thought of her. (laughs) Okay, so the point of this anecdote. Um, I don't. What's the point of it? So Siobhan remarks on him having weird colored eyes so like oh carlisle must be forcing him to do the weird carlisle thing where he doesn't drink human blood um and she remarks how tragic to be deprived of the greatest joy of this life um and he kind of fixates first on how she collects talents and so carlisle is being cagey about the fact that edward can read minds because carlisle just accidentally turned somebody who turned out to have a cool thing so there's all this back and forth about that but then like eventually what he took away from this thing that happened to him was Siobhan calling drinking human blood the greatest joy of this life and says that he for years left Carlisle and Esme and murdered humans right but had a bad time and it wasn't the greatest joy of his life And now, the words that had once haunted me, once driven me, came back with surprising force. The greatest joy of this life. I had no doubts. I now knew the meaning of the phrase. The greatest joy of my life was this fragile, brave, warm, insightful girl sleeping so peacefully nearby. I wrote, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. (laughs) Right after... We hear about how he's been years murdering. Oh yeah, murdering people. I do feel like we never, like we sort of grapple with him being a murderer in this book, but we don't like really like Bella never does. Right, she's just like, yeah, obviously I get it. You have murdered people, which is like fair. You know what? That's probably how we would all be. We'd be like, yeah, I get it. You murdered people. Okay, it's in your nature. What? Like, but at some point you should probably like <laughs> grapple with the fact that the person you love murdered hundreds of people i don't who knows this reminds me that i had a dream last night that i was in a library and <laughs> these people brought in a serial killer who was like being held there and so i was right. in the same building as a serial killer who was like for some reason being held at this library and i was like trying to sneak out this is is this like Sorry. the new Mrs. Basley Franklin? Yeah. I love dream logic. <laughs> Anyways. That's it, fam. Best sentence, worst sentence. I guess um she added these anecdotes because nothing really happened here. Nothing really happens. Yeah. I mean besides We're a lot just of waiting you know, like, for the mental shit. We found out about the knot, which was very right. interesting and right. I found that all very new and exciting. Yeah, as much as I'm like, why were there two flashbacks back to back that were both fucking long? I really enjoyed these chapters and I had a great time. At least we got something new. Okay, I've got I've got a worse sentence. Okay. So this is when Edward and Bella sorry, Edward and Alice are driving to Bella's house. Uh 
I would have been able to find the key myself. The smell of metal was easy enough to trace, particularly metal painted with the oils from her fingers, but Alice's way was definitely faster. I was like, that's nasty. You don't need to say that. Painted. You have to make all those decisions? Seems easier to just smell it. Yeah, like one, it does seem easier and faster just to smell it. And two, the word painted, as in painted with oils, disgusting. Why not just say, particularly a key that smelled like her or that she had handled a lot? I, I was, I didn't like it. It's fair. Oh, I got my worst. Great. Goggle at me, will you, you bat faced little nuisance? Okay, here's the thing <laughs> Rosalie thinks this at them in the middle of a conversation they're having, having so it, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, you can't tell who the fuck is talking in Edward's head. But you what know. even are these? Wh- what? <laughs> you know it's Rosalie. Me, and it's like you? another one of these like convoluted logic things where it's like okay somebody is saying goggle at me it's like okay well who's calling who a bat-faced little nuisance who's looking at who you don't even know that anybody's looking at anybody fucking confusing and a weird choice of words i agree it's a weird choice of words but i would argue that stylistically it being inserted here like you know mirrors edward's experience of people's thoughts just being in his fucking brain all the time they don't come when it's convenient for him they come when people think it i'm looking through i like have a few good sentences which is dope and i think my my bad one is the one I did already read out, read out loud, which is, I centered them on her face, comma, which, comma, like her body, comma, was intensely female. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Good picture her perfectly. Ooh, I I'm think part so of it is that she says that. female instead of feminine. Yeah, like, I think feminine whatever. is more of like an adjective that makes mm-hmm. sense here. Very I'm true. just so offended that of Stephanie is like, all, all, like... Like, Stephanie seems upset by the idea that a woman could have any masculine qualities, even though everybody has both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like... There is no such thing as masculine, really, or feminine. It's all socially constructed, fam. We all just have like, qualities. She just gives us one quality that could be considered masculine and then spends two paragraphs telling us that she's not masculine, though. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of like a weird, like, reactionary way to describe <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have a great best, though. All right. So, give it to I think us. this might have been what I picked for my best of the whole book, Ooh. although I don't actually remember. Um, this is Alice talking. Take her to your meadow, Edward, and for me, and especially for you, bring her back again. I like that sentence. I don't know why it's so good. It's very, like, fairy tale, fatal. It's very, definitely fatalistic. I don't know. It's traumatic. It's just good. I like it. Um, I have one from after when Bella, sorry, when Alice has her vision, and Edward is so horrified by it that he... He doesn't want to believe that that it could be real. But she didn't love Bella the way I did. Her vision was preposterous, wrong. She was blinded somehow, seeing impossibilities, lies. Um, just like the way his sentences are normally so flowy and fucking long and that just like totally breaks down here. Mm, period. And yeah, like you. I feel like it really captures how his mind is spiraling and he cannot bring himself to believe that this is a real threat, so he just has to go deep into denial. Mm. And normally, Stephanie would be like, I was deep into denial. <laughs> Instead, she showed it. Yeah! And she did a really nice job. Yeah! Um, my best sentence is at the beginning of 14. Um, 
And it's where Bella is sort of talking about Charlie and her mom. And Edward is thoughtful. I'm just going to read the paragraph leading up to my best sentence so you have context. Um, I nodded thoughtfully, sifting through this mine of information. I wish I could meet this woman who had shaped so much of Bella's character. Part of me would have preferred that Bella had an easier, more traditional childhood that she could have gotten to be a child, but she wouldn't have been the same person and truly she didn't seem resentful in any way. And I just like really like that because one of the things I go over in therapy all the time is my therapist is like, Melissa, do you like yourself? And I'm like, yeah, generally. And she's like, okay, well, all the shit that you've been through has made you the person that you like. So oh. like, is it really that shitty? And I'm like, yeah, it kind of still is, but I appreciate that. <laughs> Like sees it. He's like, oh, I wanted her to have the perfect childhood. I'm like, bitch, you wouldn't like her then. I really like that perspective. And I also like the element where Edward like wants to get to know Bella's mom. Yeah. yeah it's sweet. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks for coming along with us, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Are we gonna do one chapter next time or should we do another devil? I don't know. I think it might be the knot. I think we're gonna have to do one. It sounds like a good one. It's okay, good here's one. the thing. It is, it is short, though. Yeah, it is short. Where does it end? It ends on 341. I mean, like, narratively. Oh, it's he right steps into the light. No, maybe we should yeah. do the full oh, yeah. meadow we gotta, yeah, we gotta do we gotta them together. Meadow. Okay, okay we're, we just decided that we're gonna do next two chapters so we can get all the way through the meadow. Or at least most of the way through next week so exciting wow i'm looking forward to reading that i wonder if she'll come out alive i don't know (laughs) after the meadow it goes really fast it does like because then you you get a lot of plot really quick and oh right thank god plot yeah because then they go back to edward's house and it's like oh no there's people here yeah it explodes like immediately can't wait email us with questions or comments Oh, should I think of a question? I'm very bad at coming up with fun things to email us. Email us and let us know that what side parts are the best parts. Let us know your thoughts on side parts versus middle parts. And also let us know uh, what you think the funniest name for a cat would be. (laughs) I think Charlie the cat was very funny. Um, I don't know. Tell us what Twilight character you think has a name that is best suited for a cat. Ooh, that's good. I like it. You can send those over to twilightphasepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, check out patreon.com slash twilightphasepodcast. Thank you to our current patrons, Jillian, Melina, Bridget, Eric, Samantha, Aaron, Josh, Karen, Ed, Bailey, Laura, Kings, Gambit, and Andrea. You can follow us. I sent out them stickers. Shit. Yeah, we owe some people some stickers. <laughs> I got They're stamps nice. on the way. Don't worry. We have stickers. They're really nice stickers. You can follow us at Twilight underscore Phase on Twitter and Instagram and Twilight Phase Podcast on Tumblr. Disclom- disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. We own nothing. The Twilight universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Sue us. I dare you. <laughs> Audio <laughs> editing oh, I was by too early. Maya Marlette. Yes. <laughs> by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mooring. We'll be back next week. And if you don't like it, you can bite me. Wet. Just bite me. <laughs>